Welcome to the Officially Outed Podcast with your host, El Shalom, where we are putting a positive twist on what it means to be outed. Join us weekly where we amplify the discography of independent LGBTQ plus artists, engage in lifestyle commentary, and social injustice dialogue. So stay tuned, turn up the volume, and get officially outed by the Officially Outed Podcast. In this episode, we're heading to Canada and connecting with a rebel, one who has been nominated for Best New Solo Artist and for... Um, God, I can't say it. I know how to say it. I've been saying it all day. Masaga <laughs> Music Awards featured on more than 20 billboards around Toronto as the face for Toronto Pride Festival, performed at Vancouver Pride, opened for Jacquees on the controversial King of R&B tour in Montreal and so much more. But I want y'all to understand why. So we're going to go ahead and get to the first song that we're featuring called Hot Blooded. <laughs> I don't care what people say They can cause it anything they like I got lots to give away There's no point in living lonely, lonely, lonely But my body's shouting out so loud And it's calling out your name Do you want it? Just a little bit. Oh, 
Yes, yes. Well, welcome to the Officially Audit Podcast. I am Rebel Will. What's going on? I'm great. How are you? All right. What a great way to kick off this episode with you. And so I greatly appreciate it and love hot-blooded. Now, you know, and you probably have heard this before, but the style gives me that Neo vibe. So, you know, it really gives me that like I said, you may have heard that before, but looking in and kind of reading over this, your story, your music has been influenced by the likes of like Janet Jackson and Andre 3000. So, you know, thinking about that, we see it, we experience it in Hot-Blooded. What are some specific things about those artists and others did you take away as you were thinking about like maybe your brand or your artistry? and What did you want to be known for as an artist? For me, Janet Jackson is... Pretty much the reason why I wanted to do music anyway. So uh-huh. at 10 years old, that was the first concert I went to go see, which was the Velvet Rope. Oh. And I literally, like, which probably explains a lot of things, especially on this album, in terms of, like, the, the sexually, <laughs> like, charged. Yes. But, yeah, like, I saw that concert on stage, and from that moment, I was hooked, and I knew I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. And even, like, to the point where, like, even from, like, my dance career and stuff like that, like, slowly but surely meeting these like people like I met like Tice there who was like a dancer on there I met Gail I met Tina Landon so like oh. I'm like slowly meeting people oh except for Janet. <laughs> so I'm like okay one more degree one more degree yeah. and I'm close close to Janet you know yeah so, oh my god that's amazing yeah like she yeah honestly like for me she is an icon and I don't think she gets enough credit for the amount of influence that she has on pop artists I like, you know, obviously, they, you know, they credit Michael Jackson. They always credit Madonna. But the only thing I really see artists taking away from Madonna is the fact that they reinvent themselves. But, like, when they talk about Janet and they talk about, like, the music video, they talk about the, just, like, the the owning of the sexuality. Like, every single, from Britney to the Christina Aguilera's to, mm-hmm. like, Lil Nas X now, like, there's always a little bit of part of her that, that's always a part of all these all these artists and you know she didn't get enough credit so i will be first one there praising janet as much as i can you know yeah i mean i had the pleasure of growing up watching her you know i don't remember i kind of remembered like dream street and, and some of that before but you know of course i i don't remember how old i was i remember being young i know i had to be in elementary school but i mean just when it i can specifically remember i remember control and all that but i definitely remember when Rhythm Nation came out and like learning that and then like being in sixth grade and like blown away with Rhythm Nation and just all of that. So when I, to your point, when I just think about her career trajectory and you look at it, it's like, and how in terms of, I don't know if I want to call it reinventing herself, but just the different pieces of her that she gave us. I mean, it's very iconic and it always evolved. And I just, for me, Velvet Rope was like, Gosh, that was like the height of her career. Like, I love Velvet Rope. That, like, every song, like, it's just a dope ass album. And it's, it's still an album I play today. You know what I mean? Like, I'll yes. play at least one song from that album every single day. That and Janet, like, those are my two albums that I always go back to. Yeah. Because that's the way Love Coast is just a classic on its own. You know, if, like, I remember that's the first choreography I learned. Like, Me too. Book, you know, like, like, these are all different things that, like, there's just such a place that I have for for Janet and like what she did for not only the black community but just music, the music industry as a pop artist. So yeah, yeah no, no, and I love if I remember in college we 
our residence halls, well, all the fraternities and sororities, they had this big event that they would put on like a show in the spring of every year. And so the one year that I was in college, we decided to intern the competition as a residence hall. And they had never had a residence hall intern to this competition. And what we did was we had it, this kid was dreaming about all the possibilities that they could be when they grow up. And one of them was a Janet Jackson dancer. And so we did the routine if in there. So I remember that. So learning that routine and that was like so much fun. Well, in Canada, how do you think it differs from the States as an artist, like compared to what we might go through? How does Canada embrace their artists or artists grow and and get known? I think one of the biggest differences in between like American cities and like the Canadian cities is that you almost have to get love elsewhere before you get love at home. Yeah. We are definitely, unfortunately, like, more of a follower at the city depending on the genre okay like right here in canada country is very very big mm-hmm. more alternative i'll say like more bubblegum pop ish is more like the push as opposed to like r&b or like even like r&b with more of a like an edge if i say that correctly you know yeah example like the for example i always use for chanda is drake when Drake was had his first couple songs out in the beginning in like 20, 2008, they were like, oh, he's just a kid from Grassy, yeah. right? When Drake started getting like, you know, notoriety from, from Lil Wayne and, you know, doing collabs with like now he's doing collabs with Rihanna and all stuff like, oh, now he's like, oh, yes, Canadian artist, Canadian yeah. artist. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they weren't doing that. And they did the same thing for the weekend. They did the same thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like you need to get the, an approval from the American American counterparts to be accepted wow. here in Canada to on that on that grand stage, and then like not even talk about being a black queer artist. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? We have a community down here. Are we recognized? Not as much yet, but we're gonna make that change. And I'm ready to knock down some doors, and you know, yeah. That's it. Like, I'm ready. So. But, I mean, you are. Look at your accolades. And I know we're going to talk about some of those. But, I mean, you have phenomenal accolades. And what I, one of the things when we get to that point that I just, you know, point out is that you did this without even an album out. Like, you know, you've gotten this recognition. So, does it help you internationally? Does it make it easier, though, internationally for you being a Canadian artist? Or Right now, like, if I'm being honest, like, I have, I'm getting a lot of love in the UK. Slowly but surely, if, you know, like, there is a, I feel like there's a demand coming there. Actually, like my one of my first breaks that I got was in Buffalo, like our little city in New York, Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And they were like they featured my song Get uh, Better. And like, you know, because of that I was able to be on ninety uh oh my god. Ninety seven point I don't, I don't yeah. know what that yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, in uh New York. Yeah. So I was like that was like that was for me was like amazing, you know, and that's just based on me going over and being like, okay, well, you know, I'm just a little artist here. <laughs> you know, like, let's my music. Like, thanks. Yeah. You know, so I've been on every part of the journey. I've just been a fugitive, kind of drove just more and more. And yeah, that's worse here now. And I'm ready for the growth. Yeah. And, and and do you anticipate coming to the States more then? And because I can definitely tell your style of music, it will be well received here. I want to be in LA and Atlanta so badly. Like, Honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, COVID kind of stopped that dream. Yeah. Because, like, my goal was to kind of just, like, you know, I'm like, oh, well, well, I'll, 
I'm either going, I'm like either going to LA or I want to go to Black Hollywood. Like that, yeah. like literally, and that was my 2020 goal. But then when COVID hit, like kind of had to sit back and you know readjust, which is actually in the long run probably for the best because I was still doing it before 2020. Like I was yeah. still doing stuff that I wasn't necessarily wanting to do. But now I'm like really out. I'm really proud. I'm singing whatever I want to sing about. And yeah, this is the first time it's pulling me, taking creative control. And I think the music really reflecting that. And that, that's why I think people are becoming more and more drawn to it because it's more authentic. Yeah. And, I, and we're going to talk about that as we start transitioning in a minute to talk about the album. But yeah. like I mentioned earlier, you have some major highlights in your career already. And Rebel Futurism is going to be your first project. What is something that making this project or with this project, what is something that you hold dear to your heart? if anything, about this project. I know, like you mentioned in some of your, and we'll dive a little bit into this, but, you know, being op- your authentic self, right, and coming out and, you know, owning it. But is there anything with this project and making this project that just really is dear to your heart that when you think about the experience? Yeah, um, this project for me is so personal. Mm, yeah. it is like i'm opening up about a lot of things that i ne- never really talked about i talked about for the first time ever in a song being married at a like a really really young age mm-hmm. and getting divorced and the kind of how that kind of transition that really i didn't realize it really took a toll on me until recent like you know now that i'm like older i'm like reflecting on it yeah and, like how i see relationships and how i see and not even just like relationship, like romantic relationship, but like platonic relationship in general. Yeah, I'm really, really taking in like just like people that have been close to me and reflecting, like you know what I mean, like how I deal with people. Yeah, but so that's definitely a big thing on there. But there's also there's that reflective side of this project, but then there's also that celebration yeah. aspect as well. Like in the sense of like I feel so yeah yeah and like i don't know if everybody gets a chance to experience that but i really want them to feel that in this project yeah that there's freedom that there's this like weight that's lifted over off my shoulders there's this expectation that's not there anymore yeah i'm not trying to be this like this chris brown which i've been like you know like i've had a chance to work with majors before and one of the first things that they've they said to me, they're like, okay, well, um, you're skinny, so you need to gain at least 60 pounds here. And, uh, you know, you're kind of dark skinned, so we're going to ask you to lighten up here. You know, they need to bleach. Yeah, I've, when wow. I tell you, I've heard everything <laughs> through yeah. the book I've had. And it didn't make me want to, I, but prior to 2020 and just slowing down and actually just concentrating on me, yeah. like I, I was just going through the motion of everything. Yeah. So even these accolades that you that you point out, I don't even recognize them because I just don't even feel like I was there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, because you you like your whole self, you know, or yeah. like you said that freedom, you know, it was, was great, but emotion, you know, like it was really that. It was going through the motion. It was it's like, okay, well, I'm doing this because it wasn't about me doing what i love anymore it was about well i have to do this because these people i need to make sure these people are okay i need to do that 
And everybody was getting a piece except for me. Yeah. I was just about to, as you were talking about that, I was like, I can see why someone might lose their passion for the artist side of it and the creative side of it. And, and well, not so much those sides. Those probably still exist, but just the being, right? Because if you're told you got to do all these things to change and you have start losing your authentic self and the true you, it can damper, you know, like you said, and it, it becomes a weight and a burden and you just start existing, you know, because it's a part of you take it away. And that's part of being an artist. You want to be able to be authentic and tell your stories and sing songs and create and just be yourself and yourself and, and how you show up in every way. So I can imagine, you know. And even that, like, to even add, to add on to that, like, it's like my name is Rebel. But I was literally conforming. And it, so it was just like, I would just go, I felt like I was going against my nature to begin with. Like, you know, my whole name is literally, I'm of the will came from the fact that my last name is William. And I've always been the rebel of my family. Yeah, And I am is taking ownership of who, who I am. You know what I mean? Like not following the, not necessarily following the rules, but following my own path. Yeah. And so when that wasn't happening, like I really shut down. Yeah. I mean, even in, I had this conversation in my nine to five with one of my peers today and they were trying, you know, they've been like, what can we do, you know, to get you to stay or work it out? And I was like, but you guys don't get it. Like, I can't be my authentic and live in my true self because everything that I bring or create, you guys, somebody's taking it or somebody's trying to lead it or somebody's trying to shut me down or put me in my place and say, you know, oh, well, we've done all this. Here's your task. Run with it when I'm like the senior person on the team and I'm bringing all these great ideas. But y'all want me to stay because it benefits you all to have a voice to talk to or get ideas from. But you don't want to, you know, let me shine and I don't have time for that. So I definitely get it. You know, it translates across all parts of my life. And this is where I can be my authentic self in my own business and do this. And I know that's where I'm heading, right? <laughs> to just, right. you know, exit nine to five and, and keep focusing on my business. Well, I watched you on the countdown for the 2021 New Year for Canada. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. And I heard you singing on there. I was like, man, just like a version of almost being like, you know, New York City Times Square for the countdown. Like that was pretty big. But what, are some ways, and you already talked a little bit about the community, but what are some ways have you found the networking and music community? How has it been either really helpful or hurtful to your career in Canada? I don't think any networking opportunity has been hurtful to my career in that sense, if you know what I mean. I think, yeah. if anything, what I've kind of learned in every experience is that I've taken, taken what I needed from it, you know what I mean? And I think it's my mentality has kind of changed over the years, like now being, you know, I'm now a little bit more mature, a little bit older, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I've been just like, literally just checking off as like lessons. I'm like, okay, what did I learn from this? So like, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've gone through where talking to other, even other queer artists who understand, mm-hmm. who should understand more the struggles of what's going on. And I'm a community-based person. Like, if there's an audition and there's uh, something to help you out, like, I'm like, yo, you should really go to that, yeah. you know? And I had to learn quick that not everyone liked that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I'm there seeing, like, a couple weeks later, everybody has this gig, and I'm like, oh. No one. Like, they're, like, they're like, oh, you didn't know? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, it's all right. Like, you know? Yeah. It's, like, things like that, like, I've learned. But, again, it's 
also from the community it like being part of it and going and volunteering when you can and making time you know when it's not necessarily benefiting you you know what i mean and those are those have been the best doors that are open that's essentially how i got the whole thing with like being on the radio station that's how i got through the door with opening for these artists and stuff like that it, it's been from like me going you know they're like oh we really need someone last minute for this like little show i'm like of course a yeah. show to show every it doesn't matter i could be in the the bin of a coffee shop or like you know my mentality i'm always at a mega arena yeah. but that's just that's just how i am like so i treat it the same way and that's what really helped me propel anything get these opportunities Oh, uh, man, I love that. All right, well, before we talk about Rebel Futurism album, one song that really caught my attention, listen to you, and I love it, and you'll see that on the post that I've already done, is Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, he's talking all this shit on here. He's going to beat it up (laughs) like Rocky. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no. (laughs) So I was like, let me find out Rebel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Reverend Will is up here beating the shit up. So let me anyway. We, <laughs> we gonna go ahead and play that Janet Jackson. I see where this Janet Jackson influence come from. <laughs> here we go. This is my song. I love this. <laughs> the worst part is that like I like I read these songs and I'm just like I'm like oh yeah cool and then like when I have to talk about it, I'm like. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but I'm sure it's you. I'm sure it's how you feel. That is, it is. It's a part of me, for sure. Yeah. All I seem to think about is the last time. Hey. It's a big cut. I just want you to know. No steps so DMV. I want your 12 plane. So I can eat it up, baby, all day. You ain't no acrobat, but tonight you double jointed. Girl, you've been anointed. Say you wanna spend some time with somebody that will do right. Well, baby, right now is that time. Are you free tonight? I'm gonna keep it a hundred. International I'm 
so higher Like I'ma take you higher Higher than you ever been Take away all my sins All my walls are soundproof You can say my name From the kitchen to the fire pit Back to the bedroom Yeah Girl, my love is anything but heaven. You could find out why Rebel Nick named Savage. Come on, Savage. <laughs> love that, love that, love that. So soulful. So I love every bit of that. All right. Well, I want to dive into not too much into your business, but you kind of just addressed this right before we played Rocky. As I was talking earlier, this project is important to you because you mentioned you spent a huge portion of your life being kind of afraid of being yourself. And you mentioned that, you know, this project really kind of helped you with that authenticity and, and being who you are. And now you're experiencing that freedom. So you said you got married when you were young. What do you think that pressure came from to do that? Family expectations. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're we'll going there. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, when I got young, when I got married so young, I literally, I felt it was coming from a place where I needed that love. I first, I just came out, like you know, as queer, mm-hmm. and at that point, he was my first boyfriend. Okay. Like my first like real like not like a hookup, not like a thing. It's my first like real like boyfriend. Yeah. It kind of just felt like I felt like and it kind of just felt like, well, who's gonna love you like he will love you? You know what I mean? And isn't that the natural step? Yeah. At like 18, 19, like where was I going with that even that mentality? But it came from a place where it was really hard for my, my family to kind of accept me. Yeah. And, you know, and especially because my family is, mind you, like, we're amazing right now. And, and we've made some of growth and progress. Yeah. But like, at that time, like, it was definitely something, my family is my everything. And yeah. I really felt like I lost my everything. Mm-hmm. And so that person became that everything. Well, we built that void. Okay. But, um, for lack of better words, like took what was that void that was in me and filled it, but then also just took advantage of my being. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I literally, I lost myself in that relationship mm-hmm. to the point where like abusive, suicidal. Yeah. It got really bad, you yeah. know? So like, you experienced a lot of the it shows up in different ways, but like you said, so you really went through some tough things. And so part of that celebration of this freedom is from a lot of things, you know, it sounds like it's so much, you know, emotional, mental, just being able to release all of that. And, and now just really value and get to live in life and understand the essence of life and what it's, you know, the value of it. In that, in those moments, I felt so like, I'm always been a confident person. And like in that, when I tell you I lost myself completely, like I really, I lost myself. Like I was small. I didn't recognize what I looked like in the mirror. Yeah. Like I didn't see, I didn't see who, 
who that person was, you know what I mean? Like now looking back on it, it's almost been like since our relationship, like moving officially out of it, it's been eight years already. Yeah. You know I mean, and I was like, wow, like that, I don't recognize. I don't even know how I even got to that point. Yeah. But again, oh. that when I say that celebration, it, it's a celebration and owning it. And it was a really chance for me to just be reflective. So. No, empowering though, empowering. Well, you did plan to leverage this album also to challenge the stereotypical perspective in mainstream pop and inspire LGBTQ plus and POCs, people of color, y'all. Why was your voice important? And why did you feel like your voice was important? And a number of different people kind of use their music and artistry to, from their perspective, to offer advice and to heal. And so you adding your voice is great and it will reach people. How do you think not only is that important, but how might your message differ from what maybe others are leveraging in their music in the same way? So I feel like right now, like my, my voice differentiates from other artists because not even from the queer perspective, but from a black perspective, like, you know, we're more, we're not one dimensional characters. We're three dimensional human beings. And right now I feel like we're kind of forced to kind of choose who we have to be as opposed to just like embracing who we are. Yeah. And that's what and that's what I really want. That's what really differentiates me from other other artists is that I'm just trying to be who I am. Mm-hmm. And I want people who listen to to feel and understand that. I wanted to talk a little bit about like your writing team and the team you work with and your writing style, but the team, I know you've shouted some of them out from not only just, you know, I'm sure you write as well, or y'all collaborate on that, but how did you meet the ones, I think you mentioned like maybe two people that really help you dig deep and come up with it correctly or help not so much correctly, but help you really get to the essence of core of what you wanted to say and making sure that it comes out correct in the way that you want to deliver it. But how did you meet your team and how did you know that you had the right fit for your style? So that I think was the biggest like learning process for me too. Yeah. Is that like as much like, one of the songs that I have is like a major, the person, he's a major like influencer from the 90s. He was on Bad Boy. Like he did like so many tracks. Like I, the better track was written by Jack Knight mm-hmm. and uh, Mario Winans. And so like that, those are like huge. And those are, I was like, I'm like, woo! Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Again, I love the song and they're, it's an amazing track. But right now, my team that I have right now is that they are Safari Anthony and Nick Katz. So Nick Katz is pretty much responsible for all the sound stuff of that. And what I loved about him, he's like, I'm like, this is what I want to sound like. And I'm like, I'm going like, boom, boom, da, 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 da. He's like, he's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. I'm like, oh God, this guy's like, it's going to be another session like that. And he literally was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Okay, like, it was just the fact that he can listen and we're all just in the pocket there. So that was amazing. Yeah, And then Safari Anthony, he is another amazing artist himself in his own right. Yeah, And he's been doing a lot of major stuff in Canada. And we met at a random show right before COVID closed. And 
I literally told him, you don't know me yet, but I'm like, we're going to end up working together and we're, this is going to be like a good team. He's like, it's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just have these like intuition, these like six cents. Yeah. And again, didn't know anything really about him like that. And then I'm like, okay, I'm like, take my number. We called each other. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what's your story? And our stories are so similar. Like what we went through being black and queer, being in, Canadian artists trying to like, you know, come up in like a more a pop genre, not being pigeonholed into urban. Yes. Like, you know what I mean, like, so we fit. And it's like, he's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, well, I want to talk about this. Our first song that we ended up writing was Stand Up, Stand Out, which is what came out after what was written about the George Floyd like incident was happening and like our perspective on how was it. But then kind of how it shifted was us talking about like how we're fetishized yeah and you know what i mean and like so it was just such a relief to have someone who actually went through it been through it and like now we're when we're writing together we're writing on the same accord yeah so that was the first time that that's really happened to me and i think that comfort that comfortability okay sorry <laughs> Not <laughs> I'm wrong but that's okay um, yeah, yeah. like the comfort and ease that it was like it, it was just natural and so like now this is just like a like this is just like a process like okay so what are we doing all right blah, blah, blah. and like we literally will have like these songs cooking up so i can't when i tell you i can't wait you there's so many songs on the project that we left out yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, they're bangers. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to put them out. Like, <laughs> right. like, so it was the excitement again, like being in the studio again with them and like yeah. being in that vibe. Making great music and just finding yeah, like, that you just get vibe out with that gets you, that understand that natural connection is just so. Right. Like, I felt like I, after, like I was in the after school program again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, well, like, that's what I felt like. And I think that too. And one of the things too is like even when we're writing, like if I'm not moving, if I'm not naturally dancing or like I know that's not for me. And like yeah. that's another thing that because again, when I picked up on the process, but I have to appreciate like where I came from in the sense of like it was very much okay, Rebel, you have an hour, come up with the song. Mm-hmm. This is what I need you to do. You know, like Rocky, the song, like that's from one of my old catalog. And that song, I was like forced to write that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's like all right, need something cool. So I was literally in a room by myself. Everyone's doing their own thing. And they're like, what, you got something? Like, okay, cool. Because we only have two hours in the studio. So yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, so I've learned to appreciate that part of it too. Because eventually when I get more out there, which it will happen. Yes, it is. That, that, those lessons are going to have to are gonna come and play. So again, like I'm... Yeah. I mean, Rebel, you're not on there, you know, because you're on there. When I hear you talk about that, I talked about this on another episode with someone else, but I think about, I had just seen something where Kelly Price was telling her story about that, like, working with Diddy, right? And then she was getting ready to leave, and he was like, no, I need you to write a song for Ronald Isley. And she was like, okay, when do you need it? He was like, in 15 minutes before he gets here, you know what I mean? And she had to, like, write the song on the spot. You know, luckily he was stuck in traffic which gave her a little bit more time, but within less than an hour, she had to come up with a whole doggone song. You know what I'm saying? So yep. you're in that place. And if you're working with the people that are in the caliber, the people that you're working with, yeah, I can see that coming and that expectation and that pressure and knowing how to being built through lessons on being able to handle that and make that expectation, which is going to give you that longevity in this, sure. this and space. I honestly, I feel ready for anything at this point. Like, you know what I mean? So, Bring it, bring, bring it on. It. <laughs> like, that's what we had. Like, 
let's go. Like, give me my contract now. Damn. Yeah, right. I know, right? Well, what <laughs> artists have you listened to that has inspired you on this journey? Well, going back, like, Andre 3000 definitely inspired me. Just everything. For me, Andre 3000 and Pharrell Williams yeah. are definitely great inspirations. Because they're not necessarily queer artists, but yeah. they're really like, the first, like, alternative black artists that like i related to you know what i mean i'm like yeah. i'm like oh shoot like you dye your hair too okay yeah. cool you skateboard like i grew up in the suburbs like you know what i mean the only black kid in like you know a white neighborhood so like that when they're rocking out and i'm like okay like i understand like you know what i mean like in high school i was to school like twice for yeah. halloween like, you know what i mean <laughs> i was watching your episode where you talked about that being inspired but no i mean and i love the color and i you know i even think when i was younger i didn't do the blue but i did like some browns and highlights and stuff when mm-hmm. i was a teenager right and I've often thought about that myself as I'm letting my hair grow out. Sometimes it's braided down. Right now I'm letting it kind of free flow and giving it a break. But I've been thinking about those colors too, you know, and I love that as a form of expression and that creative to you. And it's actually kind of a signature of who you are that we expect that color. So, and like you said, that influence. And again, that's embracing the things that are not typical and being okay with being that that culture and you're right they both i mean andre 3000 as big as he was and biggest group he could be in an outcast he always gave you that that non-conventional look and appeal you know what i mean and it, it pushed the boundaries what we thought about in rap in a lot of ways but I love both of him and Pharrell because, like you said, they don't, they give, it gives you that person that you can look at and just say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to be this expressive in this way and have somebody at their caliber that inspires you so along the way. So big ups to that. Right. You know, I love them. Get it how you live it. That's <laughs> 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 well, now with your project that's coming out, the first mm-hmm. single, Addicted. So talk to me about that. I know it's an anthem on being hopelessly in love. And before we take a listen, why did you choose this song as the first single? And tell me a little bit about it. Okay, well, for me, when I, I feel like that song gets represented, it was like a presented properly in a boat. You know what I mean? Like, when you hear it, you want nothing to do but just dance. Like, you know what I mean? From like yeah. the first, like, that first riff, you know? So I was like, I'm like, yeah, like, especially with everything that we've kind of gone through in the last year and a half, I would give one something that felt good. Yeah. But as much as it is a feel-good track, like, it's kind of, again, where I am in something like I'm very, like, I understand what I've gone through and where I'm going, but I now I still recognize how this is not necessarily the good for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I always tell it, like, how I do with my niece and nephew. Like, when I'm trying to feed them, like, vegetables and stuff like that, when they don't want to eat it, you kind of hide it in the vegetables. And like, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. you kind of serve it like that so that, you know, you're giving them a life lesson without, like, you know, just like being either like completely depressed or like completely like out the box. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it was a perfect balance that kind of showcased where I'm going with this. And like Hot Blooded was a good preview, but this is really like the heart of what the practice is going to be. So now, are you, a, is there anybody special that you're addicted to? Somebody in maybe the Hot Blooded video or any? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, um, the <laughs> hot blooded video actually is a, is a dancer of mine and he's been, he's been with my team for, I would say about a, 
almost two years now. So strictly professional, but like we get so it's it, it, it y'all get out, those you know? vibes. I'll give that vibes. In uh, the, of course, in the video, and that just that's a good testament of our acting skills and yes. you know, like and and our natural chemistry. But definitely not giving that right now. And right now, in terms of relationship, yeah, I'm in a good spot. Good. I'm happy with where with where I am and. That person knows who they are. So. Hey, all right. Really like he addicted a little <laughs> bit, y'all. No, no. Here, here we go. We're going to listen to Addicted. I'm a self-diagnosed recovering addict. Loving you was my bad hand day. Loving you was nothing healthy for me. No, it was never, never good for me. And now I was I'm gonna ask you about that. Too. You know I tried every action and every fixin maybe another clip from you is and in my head. I'm addicted to you, to your love. I was gonna ask you, are you a hopeless romantic? I definitely am. So am I. I yeah. am. Yeah. Yeah. I say a lot of love. Right. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it's to my detriment, but you know, I am, definitely am. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. I feel you. When can we expect the video? I'm actually filming it this weekend. 
Oh, cool. So um, it's very, very much like an ode to one of my favorite videos. Okay. Um, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yeah. I mean, you talked about that. If you, I think he asked you who would you recruit, which I got a very similar question um, to what he asked you. And then, and I remember you mentioned that with, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Michael Jackson and all that good stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited for it. Um, It's my first like, video where it's like just me and it's like a performance video so i'm gonna be like literally just like dancing like i'm excited i just when i tell you i'm excited i'm excited for the outfits i'm excited for the like just everything it's gonna be hopefully it's, it comes out where i saw it so i'm excited for that who's helping you with the choreography you <laughs> oh, oh good this me? is good i'm like no so like one thing that maybe you got like i don't know if it was in my bio or whatever like i actually i've always done music and dance and like the first thing that actually got me was dance. So I used to do a lot of stuff like when I was a kid, like Disney, oh. like I was like Camp Rock and like stuff like that. So yeah, this is definitely I get to finally showcase that aspect of me. Yeah. Whereas like before, I didn't want people to think I was just like another dancer trying to turn singer. Like I wanted to focus on like you know the music. But yeah. now I'm like I don't care if people's bringing like, it all together. Yeah, I'm like you know what I mean? I'm like at the point like whatever like I just. I want to be the one from the sea. I'm going to expand on that one question that was asked. But my question is, yeah, if there was one album that you could recreate as the artist, or even just it would reflect you as the artist, what would that be? Oh, okay. I would. There's two albums. I can't choose one. Like, okay, that's fine. Definitely Thriller because Thriller is everything. That is a masterpiece from top to bottom every single song and you know the fact that there is nine songs of the album right now on that thriller album and there's no fillers yeah but especially now all we do is like we have like one or two singles and the rest are fillers yeah like that's that was my my goal even for this album like i don't want an album with fillers i want everybody to like you know what i mean you could take away everything from yeah. the song yeah and then the other album would be velvet road <laughs> yeah i mean why not <laughs> well, I, <laughs> to like, the greatest the greatest like, you know like what like what else could you go how could you go wrong <laughs> like, <Right. you> know? <laughs> yeah no those are perfect and i'm sure there's gonna be that collab of scream in there so you know yeah oh my god <laughs> mention the style ah <laughs> uh, i that love was that. my song oh my when god i tell you that is still my song like I'll be driving and that comes out. I'm like, woo! Like, I have to, like, relax. Like, you know what Me I mean? Me too. Like, I mean, it was so, such a moment to see them together finally and performing and... And, 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 oh, and that oh. dance break? Yes. I mean, you still do it. You know, I'm like, my, right. my Megan knees ain't working that much more. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about, I might have the Golden Girl knees, but I still be trying to do the slide and the jump <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? About to pop my legs out of place. But it's all good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I still watch that all the time. I wait for that. Is that right. I love that video. I love that song. That was probably the highlight of bringing these two icons together, even though they're family, but just seeing them together and performing. Mm-hmm. And I love when she gave Michael the reward and he was like, see, we are two different people. <laughs> I still watch that. Let me correct me. Them two right there. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Well, anything you fear when performing? Because you've been performing now, so you're probably more comfortable with it, but I don't want to assume that as much as you perform. So, but thinking about even going back out after the COVID break, anything 
you fear or looking forward to? I fear every single performance because I'm a perfectionist. So literally, like, you'll see me before our routine is this. So everybody goes, like, we'll practice whatever, whatever. We'll do dress rehearsal. We'll go get dressed. We pray right before we go on. And as everyone's kind of calm and stuff, you'll see me rehearsing. I'll be, I'm like, do I remember the lyrics? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's always me. Like, I'm always in a panic right before. <laughs> because I know I've done it so many times now, but I still get nervous. Yeah. But I feel like that's, for me, when I don't get nervous, I think that's, I'm getting too comfortable and yeah. I don't want to want to be comfortable. I want to always try to push myself to, to grow and be better. Yeah. Do you think it's partially just be, maybe it's not, you know, I don't know if it's like because you want to be either perfectionist or is it more so just because you want to deliver certain experience and quality and that's, and which is, could be represent, you know, it's more than likely representative of who you are anyway and how you show up in every aspect of your life right so what's kind of the driving of that i actually didn't think of it like that (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think it's a mix of both to be honest with you like i do want to make sure that people get what they pay for you know what i mean like i've been and there's no shade to other concerts i've been to but like i've been to concerts where i paid like 200 bucks for and i was doing more work in the audience than they were on stage you know what i mean yeah and those are the concerts where i'm like oh i wish i'd I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't see that, you know? Yeah. Like, I definitely I definitely want to give an experience. And and I feel like we've been working hard enough to give them that. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's part of it. And then, again, me being a perfectionist, too, it's like, I'm like, yeah, we rehearsed it like this. I want to make sure that I hit every single note, make sure I have every single lyric. Like, if you see me also doing like this, like, it's typically because I, if I forgot that one word, I'll write it on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, like, looking away. I'm like, I'm like oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And I realize it's so like, yeah, like stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I, I think that's for something. Yeah, and I and I read, you know, Janet and them that their showmanship is something that so I can imagine you admiring that you want to deliver that level. Well, now that I've learned a little bit about you, this question may or may not make sense, but I was gonna ask, you know, when you first started making music, were you planning or did you envision yourself being a big of as big of an artist as you are now? I don't think I'm a big artist yet. <laughs> well, you like, like all this recognition and awards. People like, definitely know you. <laughs> you work with Mario like, Winans. Come on. I just I feel like I'm just getting started. So yeah, I where I see where, when I started, I saw myself going further than where I am now. So okay. yeah, as I said, like I want to be all over the globe. I want to be on world tours. I want to to be opening and headlining my own stuff. I want to be a Coachella. I want to, those are the goals. Like I have my vision board for a reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I want to be projected to. I love that. So, I mean, you, so you know what you need to rise to and, and you have that trajectory and yeah, you're putting in the hard work to get there. So, you know, some people start out and they just don't know, you know, or they didn't know that it was going to take off and then they have to adapt to that. But I love that you came into it knowing what you wanted to achieve and that's really drives you and keeps you inspired to to put in the work and work hard towards that so like i feel like i had to though because like again like the kind of plan that was kind of set for me beforehand wasn't exactly what like if i go back and like even go back to like childhood stuff like my mom didn't want me anything to do with music anything to do with entertainment she's like you have to be a lawyer a doctor like you know like 
you didn't get this grade for, for nothing. We didn't put you in the private school for nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I feel like that sense of like planning and like looking for the future came from that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, well, I have a plan for myself. So this is what it is. And if you don't like that, that's kind of what it, that's too bad for you. But this is what we're going. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the rebel. <laughs> yeah, you got to be the rebel, but I know how that is. <laughs> we're going to take a listen to Till the Sun Comes Up. That's what pray God it works in in place. <laughs> um, but this is some of your early music. So yes. All right, we're gonna take a listen. I, I love this song though. It's so beautiful. Well, we're about to wrap up. I want to, I am Reverend Will. I want to thank you for coming to the Officially Audit podcast. One of the questions um, as we begin to wrap up, I was going to ask you and talk about your name, but you already shared that earlier on in the conversation. So 
when will the album Rebel Futurism be released? And tell me anything you want us to know that we need to, as we're thinking about the, you know, waiting for the album, what are we going to get? What should we be anticipating and, and be excited for? Okay. So the album's going to be out in late fall. So we're excited for that. So keep a lookout. If you haven't already followed me, follow me on all my platforms at I'm Rebel Will Official. And you can find me there. I'm very active. So follow me on Twitter too, because I'll be writing. We'll be, we be getting to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very opinionated. So follow me up on Twitter for the jokes. Besides that, honestly, like I just want everybody to, when they hear this project, to really know that they're getting really like pieces of me. And so if you believe in me and you like what you're hearing so far, really listen to this, listen to this project and get to know me a little bit more. Yeah, I'm excited. And any plans for the summer now that things are opening back up? I'm trying to, like, right now, like, I can't wait to be able to cross over the border (laughs) so I can come because um, I've been trying to book a lot. Like, I have been trying to actually book a couple things in Atlanta and L.A. and New York. So if I'm able to cross the border, if, um, you know, Trudeau, which is our prime minister, lets us over, I'll hopefully be there over the the summer and enjoying some some of the vibes and if not like you know i guess we're, i have a couple things happening virtually that i'm doing with like a couple of the, the prides around Canada. yeah so you guys can still access it because it is internet so yeah check that out too yeah and if you get to atlanta make sure you add an extra day of time to come by and oh, catch up um that'd be perfect it's already on the schedule you don't know yet like <laughs> <laughs> I know. right i appreciate it and um you mentioned all your social media where people where we can find your music so that's awesome so i want to uh again before we end i do this for every artist i always give you the moment to wrap up with words of wisdom and so within that what i say you know give you 60 seconds but you can take longer if you need to or shorter but i want you to leave the listeners with just something from your heart that you want to tell everybody that's dear to you that you just feel like it's important to share? It's a thing that I actually do with like my friends all the time. It's like um, what we do is we ask what we need from the invisible grocery store. Mm-hmm. So um, in this grocery store, like we're not necessarily looking for items, obviously like food items, we're looking for things like strength. So like what I kind of do like with our with group of friends because of things with COVID, like we kind of ask like this week, like, what do we need? So this week, what I'm looking for is understanding. I need a whole kind of patience. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think being able to trust myself and know that this is the journey that it's going to happen because you put in the amount of work and stuff that you, you can. You've done everything you can right now and you've got to let things take this course. So that's kind of my words of wisdom. It's just kind of really take the time to really reflect on like what what it is that you need and what it is that you want and set goals and you'll be able to get them possibly that yeah i love that all right well i want to thank you for taking time today and stopping in to share information with the audi coterie which is stands for click circle gang pack in circle which is what i call those that um support me we look forward to seeing you this summer, hopefully in the city near you. I am a rubber will. You have been officially outed on the officially outed podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening and be sure to join us for our next episode. 
You can follow the Officially Outed podcast on all social media, including IG, TikTok, and YouTube at Officially Outed Podcast, Twitter and Facebook at Officially Outed, our webpage at officiallyouted.com, or on Snap at OFFIC Out Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, like, and share. If you're an indie artist or artist management and would like to submit an artist for consideration, please email info at officiallyouted.com or connect via Instagram.